Hello, this is Congressman Jim Clyburn, and I would like to welcome you to my podcast, Clyburn Chronicles. I've always been a lover of history. I see this platform as a way to connect history with the politics of today. This is so important because as Judge Santiano once said, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Each episode, my guest and I will have a conversation about the lessons of the past, the politics of the present, and how we must learn from those experiences to help shape the future. Thank you for taking time to listen, and welcome to Clyburn Chronicles. This is Congressman Jim Clyburn, and I welcome you to another edition of Clyburn Chronicles. Today, we are especially pleased to have with us two people who I believe are very, very critical uh, to uh, the future uh, of our fight against COVID-19 for uh, the next several, I hope, only months, though we have no idea uh, just yet how long we'll be confronted with this battle. But I cannot think of two people better equipped uh, through background and experience and uh, through commitment uh, to get us through uh, this pandemic than our two guests here today. Uh, Let me uh, introduce Jeff. Zykes. Uh, Jeff is currently serving as the White House COVID-19 response coordinator in the Biden-Harris administration. In this role, he's leading the administration's whole of government response to the coronavirus pandemic. Prior to joining this administration, Jeff had a distinguished career in both government and the private sector, including in the Obama by uh, Biden administration, uh, where he served as the director of the National Economic uh, Council and helped to turn around healthcare.gov. And that's where I first got to meet Jeff. Uh, as many of you know, I was the uh, majority whip when we passed the Affordable Care Act. And that rollout was anything but perfect. And uh, the Obama administration had to get somebody to turn it around. And Jeff came to the rescue. And I thank him uh, for that. And I thank him for being with us here today. Our second guest is Dr. Cameron Webb. Uh, Dr. Webb uh, is a doctor and a lawyer. Uh, I got to meet Cameron uh, several years ago and was very pleased uh, last year uh, to be uh, helpful in his bid to become a member uh, of the United States Congress. Uh, That did not turn out the way he or I wanted it to do, uh, but uh, the the, uh, Biden administration has brought him in uh, to be the senior policy advisor for equity, uh, 
uh, on the White House COVID-19 response team in this administration. Now, uh, as many of you know, I chair uh, the White of uh, the Congress's um, uh, so-called Select Committee on the Coronavirus. And it, that, in that job, I have made it very clear that there are three things that I am focused on. Uh, the first one is to make sure that all the money that we spend uh, fighting this virus is spent efficiently. Secondly, that all the money we spend fighting this virus is spent effectively. And then I want to make sure that it's all spent equitably. And that's where uh, Dr. Cameron Webb is going to be so important going forward. Make sure that the money is spent efficiently, effectively, and equitably. And so today, uh, we are going to uh, chat a little bit about what they're doing, but also about what you can do. All of us have to pay, play a role in this. Uh, this is the worst healthcare crisis that we've been faced with in this country in over 100 years. And uh, when I got uh, prepared to do my job as chair of this committee, I did a little research uh, and, uh, on exactly uh, what happened or did not happen uh, when we were confronted with the Spanish flu over 100 years ago. Uh, it was a double pandemic back then. We had the Spanish flu. And World War I was coming to an end uh, back in uh, 1918. And so fighting the double pandemic uh, is not new. The country succeeded back then after making a lot of false steps. We've learned from that. And we've got a dynamic, dynamic duo that I think will take those lessons learned and get us to where we need to be uh, in the not too distant future. And so uh, I wanna thank them for being here and I'm gonna let them decide how they play off of each other in answering the questions we have here today. Uh, but let me uh, just ask uh, Jeff to start us off. Uh, and I wanna ask this question, where is the, the United States in terms of beating this virus? Where are we today? Jeff? Well, thank you, Mr. Whip. It's, a, it's an honor for Cameron and I to, to join you, and you've been so essential to the progress that we've made. Um, your leadership, the American Rescue Plan, you'll hear us talk about the American Rescue Plan a lot because we would not be where we are without the American Rescue Plan, and clearly your leadership was critical to getting the American Rescue Plan passed, so thank you. You know, the bottom line, Mr. Whip, is we've made tremendous progress uh, in our fight against the virus. 78% of eligible Americans, eligible Americans are those 12 and older, have gotten at least their first shot. And 191 million eligible Americans 
that's more than two out of three are fully vaccinated. And fully vaccinated is really important as Dr. Webb would emphasize. Um, and that 191 million fully vaccinated is up from just 2 million when the president took office back in January. Just Wednesday, uh, two days ago, we marked 400 million shots in arms since the president took office. So getting Americans vaccinated is our best defense against the virus and we're making significant progress. Now, as we'll talk about more work to be done and we need help getting that work done. But where we are in terms of the virus today is cases are down about 60% and hospitalizations are down about 50% since early September. Your state, South Carolina has seen the same, a significant decrease in, in cases and hospitalizations and deaths across the last several weeks. Um, so the president's strategy, which uh, is being executed in close coordination with partners like the Congressional Black Caucus, governors and healthcare leaders is working and we're on the right track, but we can't and will not let up because the one thing, Mr. Whip, we've seen throughout is that this, that this virus has proven to be unpredictable. The thing we do know, and I know I'm uh, repeating this, and you'll hear Dr. Webb and I repeat it over and over again, is that vaccinations work, they're safe and effective, and there are still about 62 million Americans who are eligible but are unvaccinated, and we need your help in continuing to reach them. So, you know, I think that's the number one ask here is if you're vaccinated, uh, please help get a loved one, a friend, a colleague who's not vaccinated, vaccinated. If you yourself is un are unvaccinated, you know, get any questions answered that you have um, and, and get vaccinated as soon as possible. So the bottom line, sir, is we've made a lot of progress. We have the tools, um, most, most importantly, the vac vaccinations that we need to, fur to further uh, our path out of this pandemic. And we're hard at work executing to do just that. And we need your help. Um, so Dr. Webb, anything to, to add there, particularly from a clinical perspective? Well, I, I think just you, you hit the nail on the head. That this is a very unpredictable pandemic. And so I think that, you know, being nimble, being willing to, to step up and respond uh, at every step along the way has been the key. And that's something that the Congress has certainly done. That's something that we're doing in the administration. And it's something that we're, we're proud that the message is breaking through and the American people are doing. They're stepping up to make sure that they're getting themselves protected, their families and their communities. And so I think that, you know, that I think people need to stay reminded about exactly what we're up against, uh, how challenging this pandemic is. And I, I see it from the hospital rooms that I'm, that I'm in. People come in surprised and shocked that, that they have COVID, that they can't breathe, that they're, that they're sick, and they want to get that vaccine at that point in time. And our, our message has always been that's the best way to protect yourself, and we've got to get that done way before. And I'm glad so many people are making that decision. And just to be clear, sir, and, and uh, Dr. Webb, take over here, but once you're in the emergency room sick, it's too late to get the vaccination. Absolutely. Absolutely. And let me thank you, uh, Dr. Webb, and let me ask you to address the equity issue a little bit, because as you know, um, historically, uh, people of color uh, have uh, uh, not been uh, uh, receiving the same quality uh, of healthcare uh, than other groups uh, and face higher mortality rates than other groups. 
And tragically, that remains true today. Uh, and this equity issue has been a big problem for us in fighting off this pandemic. Uh, can you address a little bit of that for me? Sure, Let me, sure. and I, I think, oh yeah, Jeff, go for so Cameron, I was just gonna hand it to you, but, uh, but I just wanna uh, start by saying, Mr. Whip, that you know, equity for the very reasons you talked about has been at the center of our response from day one. Uh, you know, testing, school reopening, vaccination sites, building confidence, um, getting therapies into the field, equity has been front and center. And as you know, we're really fortunate to have Dr. Webb uh, help guide these efforts on behalf of the president. So over to you, Dr. Webb. Yeah, and, and I have to give a shout out to, to our friend and close colleague, Dr. Marcella Nunez-Smith, who chairs the president's COVID-19 Health Equity Task Force, has also been giving guidance. And, and, and Mr. Whip, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. You know, the the interesting thing is that this is not a new problem, right? We go back to, to um, you know, the, the earliest days of this nation. We describe what was called a medical apartheid. The treatment of, of Blacks in America when it comes to health has always been been different, has always been challenged. You think about W.E.B. Du Bois and the Philadelphia Negro when he wrote in Chapter 10 about the health of Black folks and the disparities we saw then. You think about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., you know, talking about of all the forms of injustice, the inequalities in healthcare are the most shocking and inhumane. This has been the legacy of the American healthcare system. And so it's no small task to take on equity in the midst of something this large, but President Biden did just that. He said in the face of that history, that legacy, we're gonna take that on in the midst of this pandemic. And today, we know that we've got about 73% of black Americans, about 72% of white Americans, and about 70% of Latinos who've gotten their first shot. That's according to the most recent survey from the Kaiser Family Foundation, a nationally representative survey looking at vaccination rates. And that's significant. When you hear that those rates are, are that high, the fact that at this point, about three out of four black Americans have been vaccinated, that's truly unprecedented. And if you go back just a couple of months in May, the gap was about nearly 10% between black and white vaccination rates. You know, so to close those gaps, that's tremendous strides that we've made. And I wanna be clear, equity does not happen by accident. It's only due to intentional actions, due to strong partnerships with community-based organizations and faith leaders and, and the hard work of members of Congress. And, and through that, we've been able to, to focus on tackling barriers to access by making sure that folks have paid time off uh, to get vaccinated or transportation to and from vaccination sites, extended hours so folks could walk in at a time that works for them. We've worked extensively to answer people's questions because we know that there are questions when it comes to not, not only the virus and the pandemic, but also the vaccines. And we do that through local trusted messengers like doctors and pastors and neighbors. And we've been really intentional about meeting people exactly where they are, right? You, you have to, you don't, if somebody's uh, on fire, you don't tell them to come find some water. You bring water to them. And, and that's exactly what we're doing. We're meeting people in churches and barbershops and hair salons and mobile clinics. The, the bottom line is simply this. You know, we've made a lot of progress in advancing equity in this response, but we also know that there's still so much work to do. You know, the data show us that we've effectively closed these gaps um, uh, in vaccination rates among adults that existed, you know, when we first came into office, but we have to keep going. We have to make sure that we're accomplishing those same goals uh, for every population. We have to make sure that we're executing and we have to stay uh, grounded in what was that goal from day one, keeping equity at the center of everything we do. Well, thank you both for that. And that's very important. I was so uh, pleased and impressed 
uh, when I saw uh, a few days ago uh, that uh, vaccination rates among African-Americans had risen so dramatically. Uh, and I it was asked about that. Uh, and my response was, uh, because you've got genuine leadership, uh, the leadership uh, that will uh, get beyond uh, that which is expected and do that which is required. And you guys have done that. This president uh, has uh, led in that regard. Uh, I grew up believing that we lead by precept and example. Be open uh, with the vaccinations. Don't get vaccinated in private and mimic other stuff in the public. I've had three or three shots. Uh, and um, uh, I say to people, uh, get your shots. Now we have another juncture, uh, the vaccination of children. Let's talk about, uh, uh, first of all, who today is eligible for the booster shot and then where do we go from here in getting children vaccinated? Well, good, good questions, Mr. Webb. And, and let's start with boosters. Uh, today, there are 70 million people who are eligible for a booster uh, right away now. And over the coming months, another 50 million will, so up to 120 million Americans. Let, let me walk through the, the, how, how it works. If you got a J&J &J shot, Everyone uh, who got a J&J shot is eligible two months after their shot to get a second shot or a booster. For Pfizer and Moderna, it's a little more complicated. So let me walk through it. Um, if you're over 65, you are eligible. So 65 and older, you are eligible. If you're 18 to 64 and you have an underlying medical condition, like cancer or asthma or diabetes, you are eligible. And if you live or work in a high-risk setting, like healthcare workers, teachers, grocery store workers, you are eligible. You're eligible once you hit the six-month mark after your second shot to get a booster. So for Pfizer and Moderna, it's after six months and it's for people over 65, people who have an underlying medical condition, or people who live and work in a high-risk setting. And you can just go to a pharmacy, go to a doctor's office, uh, and go to a community health center or a rural health clinic and get that booster shot. Uh, Dr. Webb, why don't you um, uh, expand for a minute upon why it's so important that those who are eligible from a medical perspective get a booster? Yeah, absolutely. I usually start by saying why I got a booster because you you just listed some of those categories, and I'm I'm an individual who's between 18 and 64. I'm 38 years old, but I, I work in a high risk setting. I'm a healthcare worker. Just last weekend, I was working on the COVID unit in my hospital in Virginia, and so it's important to make sure that I always have the the highest and best level of protection that the science tells me I could have. And so simply put, that's what the boosters do. They give people that, that extra protection. And some of the best real world, world data that we have on boosters, it actually comes out of Israel. And so we, 
we saw a study and there's more than a million people in this study. They found that the rate of infection in the group that got boosters was 10 times lower than in the group that didn't get boosters, right? And, and that's the kind of protection I want to have when I'm walking into a hospital and I'm around folks who have COVID, especially because I know I'm going back home to my two young children, to my wife, and I don't want to get anybody in my family sick. And it's important to remember that the primary vaccination series, it continues to give strong protection, right? That hasn't changed. We know that it, it protects people against severe hospitalization and death, but our goal is to stay ahead of the virus by making sure that people have the most protection against infection, against severe illness, and against death. And so you know, my recommendation to folks is if you're unvaccinated, go get a shot. It's really important for you to, to get that protection. If you're, you know, if you're actually eligible for a booster, then go ahead and get a booster because, you know, not only is it free, not only is it safe, not only is it convenient, but it's also an important piece of, of that protection that you want and that highest level of protection that you want to have. And some communities, there's a lot more COVID around than other communities. And, and you just always want to make sure you have that highest level. It's our path out of this pandemic. And boosters help us help us get there. Well, thank you. Yeah, you had mentioned kids, Mr. Whip. Does it make sense to, to do a little background on the five to 11 year olds? Or do you please, want to please. Okay, so five to 11 year olds, very timely topic. Um, earlier this week, the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA's advisory committee, voted unanimously uh, in support of the Pfizer vaccine. It's a smaller dose of the vaccine that, that's worked so effectively um, and safely for kids. So they unanimously support it. As soon as today, the FDA itself could authorize the Pfizer vaccine for kids. And that's important uh, in that that allows us to begin to ship doses to tens of thousands of pediatricians, family doctors, children's hospitals, community health centers, rural health clinics, and pharmacies. These doses are gonna be shipped to providers that we know parents and kids trust and are familiar with. Next week, uh, as those doses are being shipped around the country, the CDC's uh, decision or recommendation will occur sometime likely uh, mid next week, and they'll make their recommendation. Uh, so we are ready pending the CDC and, and FDA's final decision making. And the bottom line is we have plenty of supply of these uh, vaccines that are specially made for kids. Uh, they're they're going to be shipped out across uh, the next week or so, pending the decision making of the of the regulatory bodies, and then we're ready to execute. Um, and we look forward to having parents uh, and kids have the opportunity to get vaccinated again at places that they're familiar with uh, and used to going to. And uh, we've done enough planning that we are confident that that will uh, roll out, and there'll be plenty of opportunity for those. Uh, families and kids who want to get vaccinated to get vaccinated soon. And we also know at the same time that parents and, and kids have questions. And as Cameron can talk about, we uh, know that the best, most trusted messengers are local messengers, local doctors and pharmacists and faith leaders. Uh, so over to you, Dr. Webb, about um, building confidence uh, across all age groups, but particularly with parents and, 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 and young people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so it, it's right. Research tells us that people trust the people who are closest to them. So that's their family, their friends, 
other doctors or faith leaders and their neighbors. And so you know, we've done a lot of work to empower local, those trusted local messengers to have conversations. We know that move that proverbial needle, you know, and that's person to person, that's uh, really community by community. And we actually invested $3 billion into state and community-based organizations. Uh, and, and also this spring, uh, we launched the COVID-19 Community Corps, and that, that group now has over 16,000 members. And these are doctors, nurses, teachers, ministers, friends, neighbors, you know, and, and the goal of it is sharing resources so they can get to their networks to help get communities vaccinated. So you can actually visit www.wecandothis.hhs.gov to, to join the COVID-19 Community Corps yourself and, and get these resources to help you, you know, engage the folks in your own network, your own community uh, with the information they need. There's a lot of misinformation out there. We always say misinformation is, is pretty sticky. Um, and so you have to overwhelm it with facts, with truth, and with that trust, the relationship that you have. Um, but, you know, I think we've, we've also done a lot of work just in terms of a really robust earned and paid media effort. So a lot of, you know, TV, radio, print, uh, you know, social, digital, and, and we've gotten our top medical experts, folks like Dr. Fauci, Dr. Walensky, Dr. Murthy, Dr. Nunez Smith, really talking directly to the American people on national and local TV, and, and also getting creative, you know, bringing celebrities and stars. We've had, you know, singers like Olivia Rodrigo to the White House and, and done work with NBA players and, and the like. And so that's, that's just some of the ways these efforts they're paying off, you know, at the start of this vaccination program, only about 34% of adults were eager to get the shot. And today, nearly 80% of adults have had at least one shot. So, so it works. It makes a difference, especially when you're doing it in, in relationship to those local trusted messengers. Well, that's great. Let me ask you this, though. You know, many adults got their vaccinations at these mass sites. Uh, we had these things all around and uh, in many street corners and in churches. And uh, it's not going to be the case, I understand, when it comes to children. Uh, so uh, where uh, will parents go to get their children uh, vaccinated? So it's, it's a great question, Mr. Whip. And, and we, you know, all the feedback we've gotten from, from parents is they want to go to places that they're familiar with, that they're, they're comfortable and their kids are comfortable. And that absolutely includes the pediatrician's office, the family doctor's office, also children's hospitals. Uh, around the country will will have vaccination sites will uh, where appropriate and 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 uh, desired will bring um, clinics to schools uh, so that schools will have clinics on site we'll also deploy mobile clinics to meet families where they are uh, and set up in you know church parking lots and the like uh, we'll have hours that include nights and weekends to to accommodate uh, working parents schedules so uh, we've gotten a lot of feedback. The community health centers are also a trusted uh, place uh, as are rural health centers. So we're gonna go where, where parents and kids feel most comfortable. Uh, they, you know, there, there will be um, uh, vaccines also available at the local pharmacy. So there'll be a lot of choices, uh, but a special emphasis on, on where parents and kids are most comfortable. Well, that's great. So you saying that the, the children Parents can't take their children to uh, drugstores or pharmacies, I guess is the best. Uh, but, and, and you mentioned community health centers. Uh, are we coordinating 
uh, with the federally qualified community health centers be uh, the focus on the children? At 100%. We've been talking. Community health centers were essential um, in administering uh, and continue to be first shots, second shots, and boosters to uh, those 12 and older. And we've been working with the over 1,000 community health centers across the country to get ready for uh, the potential for 5 to 11-year-olds. They take care of millions of five to 11 year olds and their health needs. So a lot of uh, young people around the country are uh, used to going to their community health centers and they'll be uh, receiving shipments of the kids vaccines uh, pending you know, the FDA and CDC recommendations as early as next week. So they'll be up and running. Well, that's great. You know, I'm a big, big believer uh, in the community health centers. Uh, I have been trying for years now, I'm not giving up on trying to get at least one federally qualified community health center within commuting distance of everybody uh, in the country. And I, uh, I've been working very closely with uh, Senator Bernie Sanders uh, trying to get that done. So, uh, oh, Mr. Whip, I remember in our first week or so in office, um, mm. you talking to the president about the importance of vaccinations at community health centers. And that had been part of our planning during the transition, but your leadership helped us really accelerate getting doses back in January and February and March to community health centers. And they've been an essential part of our effort to get shots in arms in a fair and equitable way. So thank you for your leadership on community health centers. Well, well thank you for that. I, uh, I, I do remember that meeting. I think we were met on a Thursday or Friday. And my goodness, I heard from the CUNY Hessons all over South Carolina uh, that Monday or Tuesday telling me that uh, uh, things were beginning to happen. And I really believe that uh, uh, you all's uh, movement on that so quickly and so thoroughly uh, helped us to get the numbers uh, that we now have. Now, I know that uh, we've been a bit um, well concerned about what's going on in the country, but uh, we'll begin to uh, uh, open up travel again, and people are beginning to travel a little more, which means uh, that global distribution uh, of the vaccine can, uh, uh, can play a critical role going forward. Uh, and I know that you all have announced um, a pretty big effort uh, to get the these vaccines out to other countries. Uh, you mind updating my listeners a little bit on exactly what you're doing globally, because we are concerned uh, with this broadcast about, um, especially what's happening on the continent of Africa, where there's such a low rate of vaccinations. Uh, and of course, in the Caribbean. Uh, so you, can you update us on exactly what we're doing? Yes, uh, and I think it's, it's really important that everybody understand that you know, this virus clearly has no borders. Um, so vaccinating Americans and vaccinating people around the world isn't a choice. You know, it's the right thing to do and it's an imperative. And that's why we're doing both. Um, just this week, uh, driven by a lot of hard work by the president's team, and in conjunction with the African Union and the 
vaccine manufacturer Moderna, the African Union uh, announced that it will purchase 110 million doses from Moderna at Moderna's not-for-profit price, and that those doses will start shipping in the next month or so. So that's really important. Overall, the U.S. has already committed to donating 1.2 billion doses to the world, and more than 200 million of those doses have already been shipped to 106 countries. Many of those are in Africa. Many of those are in the Caribbean. Um, if you lift up for every shot that we've put into an arm in the United States, and I, I mentioned earlier, that's 400 million, we are now donating three shots globally. So a three to one ratio. We're donating three for every shot we've put in an arm. And this puts us far in a way in the leadership position that the president committed to um, in the effort to vaccinate the world. In fact, if you looked at the over 200 million doses that we've already donated, that's more than all other countries in the world have donated combined. And we'll continue to donate more and more doses, uh, but we also need other countries to step up and follow our leadership. Uh, so we are, we're hard at work here. Uh, we'll continue to share doses. We're gonna continue to scale US manufacturing to produce those doses, American workers producing doses for the world. And we'll also make investments abroad to help other countries build these capabilities. Uh, so the US has stepped up the way the president committed to and other countries are following and we're gonna to continue to do all we can to get people here at home vaccinated while we help lead the effort to vaccinate the world. Well, thank you very, very much for that. I, uh, I think that um, people uh, are looking to us to really do more uh, than our fair share in this regard. And I uh, uh, appreciate what you're doing. Well, let me uh, ask if you, uh, either one of you uh, would like to uh, uh, make some uh, closing remarks before I uh, uh, sign off on this edition. Uh, let's start with you, Dr. Webb. Sure. You know, I think that it's such a critical moment and we don't want to lose sight of that. And we know that, you know, there are so many pieces of what goes into a really thoughtful and effective response to a pandemic like this, you know, and, and, you know, I've seen it from the front lines in the hospital and I've seen it from the white house. And what I can tell you is that the vaccines are a huge part of that effort. And so and my kind of closing remark is simply if you're currently unvaccinated, make sure you go get a shot, make sure that you, you kind of take that step because it's, you know, the science is there. We know that it's safe. We know that it's effective, but it's not just going to protect you. It's also going to protect your loved ones. It could save your life. I've, I've met so many people who've been in that spot where their life is in danger in the hospital and they're wishing they could have had a vaccine earlier. And so you know, it's going to make us all safer. It's going to help us in this pandemic. And if you have questions about the vaccine, that's okay. Ask a doctor, ask your doctor. Uh, you know, nearly all, all physicians are vaccinated. Um, and so they can tell you why they made that decision for themselves. And, and so that's, a, that's an important piece of this. That's what it means to do your research, is to talk to those, those trusted experts in your orbit. Um, and, and that's not just anybody, but that's those, those trusted folks who have that background in medicine or public health. And if you're already vaccinated, make sure you help get your family 
friends and neighbors vaccinated. And that's helping them get to a vaccination site or answering their questions or working with local organizations like churches and whatnot to host uh, events because that's, that's a key part of making a, dis, uh, a difference. And so feel free to, you know, I mentioned the site earlier, but visit www.wecandothis.hhs.gov. There's a lot of information on there about how you can help and, um, and you know, hope you, hope you do so because we're all truly in this together. I'll pass it to you, Jeff. Well, I think as always, Dr. Webb captured it extremely well. I mean, the president has been clear from the start that he would do everything in his power to end the pandemic, but he's also been crystal clear that getting the job done requires everyone doing their part. And tens of millions of Americans have answered his call. They've done their part and gotten vaccinated and helped other people get vaccinated. And as we uh, said at the beginning, we as a country have made tremendous progress but never underestimate the difference you can make by you know, doing your part. And there is more work to do. We still have about 62 million eligible but unvaccinated Americans. Every shot counts. Uh, and you know, if you haven't, as Dr. Webb said, gotten vaccinated, go get vaccinated. If you are vaccinated and you have a friend or a family member or a colleague or a neighbor, help them get vaccinated. So, uh, Mr. Whip, uh, we wouldn't be here without your leadership and without, without the American Rescue Plan. Thank you. And we thank everyone for uh, continuing to do all the hard work to accelerate this path out of the pandemic. Well, thank you guys very much for uh, your informative presentations here today. Now, let me reiterate uh, that the American Rescue Act uh, that this president signed into office People keep talking about numbers. I don't like to talk about numbers. I like to talk about exactly what it's doing. But uh, since that's what people are talking about, I'm going to reiterate. $1.9 trillion is what went into the American Rescue Act. And that is in play now. That's there. Uh, being implemented all over the country. Uh, and that's what has helped drive these numbers uh, that we're reading about now. Here in South Carolina, uh, hospitalizations have dropped dramatically. I think 57% uh, deaths dropped dramatically. And that didn't happen, as we said down here in Gullah Geechee country, just dry long soap. That happened because this administration took seriously the science and started implementing plans based upon the science, not theory, science. And I thank you guys for it because that's what has gotten us to where we are today. And if we continue to get cooperation from the public, people getting vaccinated, getting their children vaccinated, uh, doing the other protocols uh, that will help get this pandemic behind us, that's what we've got to do for this country to be built back better. We got to have a healthy workforce. We got to have healthy children in school. They're not gonna do well in school if they don't have good health. And so we're doing what is necessary. We want you, the public, to do what you can to cooperate uh, through your churches, uh, through your fraternities, your sororities, uh, other community-based organizations, help us, help you get beyond this pandemic.
This is Jim Clavern, uh, and I'm pleased to have once again offered for you an edition of Clyburn Chronicles. Thank you for listening to this episode of Clyburn Chronicles. If you enjoyed this episode, please let us know by leaving a comment. And don't forget to subscribe to my show wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Until next time, I'm Congressman Jim Clyburn. Thank you.